As business owners, entrepreneurs, family men, it's difficult for us to find the time to put together projects like these. Even though it's something we really want to do, unfortunately, taking care of the things we have to take care of comes first. However, because of viewer support for people like you, we're able to continue doing this. Please consider joining our Patreon and supporting the Burn and Return podcast. Listening to Burn and Return, a weekly one hour podcast covering news from the agricultural and turf grass industries. With the DJ Scratch, you know what that means. It means it is time for another episode of Burn and Return. What's going on, everybody? My name is Matt. Sometimes I go by the Grass Factor. Martin! Alongside me, we have Ryan DeMay and Ray Ito. Gentlemen! After Thursday with Paul Hurst. Um, and man, what a, what a 180 that was from the moment he thought he was walking into versus the he realization got got. of what he walked into. He was like, oh man, what the fuck? And I'll, let, me, let me be honest. I did introduce Ray as our local bomb expert. And it was it was <laughs> really from that Spencer. moment. I did mention Spencer, and his his face was like, "Huh." <laughs> and uh, it took a while, but he came back. And I and I got to say, all the conversations afterward too was like, "Man, I had no idea I was going to have that much fun just sitting around talking to the turf people." And uh, and it was it was it was a lot of fun. And you know, I, honest to God, you know who I want to get on next? I really want to get on uh, Dave Wilbur. I think it would be a lot of fun. Uh, oh. One, because it, it, from a, a turf management standpoint, I mean, he does everything completely different than any any of us do. Uh, well, I would say a lot more different things than, than what we do. I wouldn't say everything's completely different. Uh, but his sure. journey, I, f- I feel like he has a pretty wild-ass journey through um, the through his turf career. Uh, including mm-hmm. having done so much consulting work for uh, the uh, the Trump brand, for example, right? And uh, and what what his experience was like, you know, being a a turf consultant for the uh, for the for for the Trump whatever, uh, you know, building group or whatever. Anyway, I think I think that would actually be it'd be it'd be a pretty fun conversation to have. And he's definitely a dinosaur in the industry for sure. And uh, especially given what he does now, you know, I think I think that's a it's a show of of, you know, it, there's there's nothing about this industry that is easy. Right. And um, and sometimes sometimes you wake up one day and you're like, you know what? I need a fucking break. I need it at arm's length. Like I can't get away from it. I get that 100 percent. But I need I need a uh, what, what do they call it? I need healthy barriers at place. Right. We need boundaries. <laughs> And boy, did Dave Wilbur put up some boundaries between him and uh, the turf industry. So anyway, I think it would be an interesting conversation. Nonetheless. I, yeah, I'd be down to have Dave on. He's, I think it'd be fun. Like you said, uh, very well-traveled, uh, yeah, super yeah. knowledgeable in his approach. I think we've we've proven over the nearly three years of this program that we can talk to people from 
you know, different walks of life and different approaches and things like that. And, you know, I just hope I don't end up like my uncle and forget something. I hear you <laughs> on that. Uh, it runs in my family, by the way, uh, to, to an extremely high degree. Sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> look, look, I'm, look, if you, okay. I am legitimately it's a great. Day for, so it's a great, pre-show. What, it's a great pre-show. What's interesting is, is that, so, uh, I was, I was really concerned about how the hereditary aspect of, uh, Alzheimer's works. Uh, and where, where we're going with this and I'll, I'll skip all the details, but, uh, my mom's side of the family, uh, four of the eight men, uh, on or her dad, uh, had, had Alzheimer's. And, uh, and so, you know, it's a, it's a concern, right? And apparently, uh, I don't, my mom is actually at low risk. And, uh, and then I, I would have been too, uh, based on how that, that typically goes down, but I can still get tested for the recessive gene to see if I am a carrier of it. I haven't, I don't know if I want to know, I probably should. And I know there's a lot of like, lifestyle practices that you can you can engage in i think dr Rhonda patrick everybody's come across her either on the joe rogan podcast or the the various longevity uh studies that she's worked on a uh, former scientist at uh saint jude uh phenomenal one of the you know world-renowned can- cancer researchers and uh and a longevity expert and uh what sent her into overdrive was you know the realization that she is a carrier of uh of alzheimer's gene right and uh when you're a ticking time bomb uh, and you're smart enough, you try to become proactive about it. People like me, though, you know, it's one of those that sometimes I prefer to live under a rock. I don't know. Not all the time. When it gets to be a problem that interrupts my day-to-day life, uh, then, then I address it. But until then, but the thing is, is like once it's full-blown Alzheimer's, there's like no coming back from that. You know what I mean? You're Coming back to it is like turning into a four-year-old again. That's what coming back to it means, right? Like, uh, my granddad, you know, asking about, uh, about, uh, you know, the, the dogs down at the corner, you know, checking on them or whatever. And, uh, it being 1958 again, it's like, nah, dude, now it's 2004. Uh, there are no dogs on the corner and, uh, yeah, it's been real grandpops. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, uh, Peppa, but he was, it was a hell of a man and a great man. And, uh, Anyway, I digress. Uh, General, how about we actually talk? Let's actually start the show here. And quit, <laughs> quit having these conversations before someone blows their brains out. Funny story about that. The other four forgot <laughs> to. Talk. Out of the way. Um, uh, let's check out this week's, uh, what, are, what are we doing? What are, this week's headlines. It's way too much inside baseball. Way too much. Nothing to fear here. This is just the uh, students in Watsonville protest the Jews. Oh, wait, sorry, I misread that. Um, students protest Jesus. pesticide proposal in Watsonville. At a meeting at Ramsey Park Family Center in Watsonville on Monday, some residents offered uh, pointed, pointed input oh, on the California department. I mean, all, all the universities are pointing at each other, and they're like, hey, we're all, they're all doing it. We might as well do it too, right? I mean, it's like it's a social contagion at this point. Uh, some key parts of the draft. Okay, they they want they want to ban pesticides, right? Uh, and th- this one actually is for La Supernova, who said the other day, no one would actually do that. No one's stupid enough to do that. <laughs> okay, 
Uh, some key parts of the draft include more transparency about pesticide use, worker safety improvements, and development of sustainable pest management that tries to reduce reliance on pesticides. Admirable. Some critics, including nine students from Watsonville and Greenfield High Schools, essentially said the plan was too vague and too slow to reduce health problems linked to pesticides. We need reform now because the children's, the children's are the ones that are suffering, said Ana Lopez, director of Santa, Ana, uh, Santa Cruz County-based Center for Farm Worker Families at the meeting. Some children of farm workers in Santa Cruz and Monterey counties have developed asthma, learning disabilities, and cancer, Lopez said. If you could see the suffering of the parents as their kids are afflicted with these things, it is absolutely tragic, she said. Uh, State officials are collecting feedback on the plan through November 10th, including an online meeting on Friday, November 3rd. Many growers in Pajaro Valley rely on pesticides to prevent plant diseases, boost crop yields, and control weeds. Uh, On berry fields, gaseous pesticides known as fumigants are injected into the soil. Plastic tarps are used. Uh, usually uh, used to prevent the gases from contaminating the air, although strong winds sometimes disrupt the tarps. Uh, in 2017, there were 76 reported illnesses from agricultural pesticide exposure from farm workers of pesticide applicators in Santa Cruz County. Um, and from 2017 to 2022, pesticide use declined in part because of stricter Santa uh, Cruz regulations that came uh, that some conversions to uh, and some conversions to organic operations. Um, the pesticide regulation goals, uh, they eliminate the use of priority pesticides by transitioning to sustainable pace, uh, uh, pest management practices by 2050. Oh, it's aggressive. Um, the sustainable pest management are ecosystem-based, and you're trying to use the environment uh, and timing of certain things to get you know, a great overall outcome on the back end. Uh, 2050 goals allow growers to use pesticide only after monitoring indicates that they are needed, according to established guidelines. And treatments are made with the goal of removing only the target organism. Yeah, super easy to do. Uh, towards the 2050 aims, the Pesticide Regulation Department uh, draft strategic plan 2024 to 2028 lists four more goals, more than its 50 smaller goals. This is increased access to is safe, effective, and sustainable pest management. Increased access to safe, effective, and sustainable pest management. Are people hiding? sustainable pest management out there is that the problem safe and effective pest management is under is it in a, in a who's holding it hostage who's holding it hostage plans includes no include increasing grant funding for yes. research creating a diverse ad, uh, advisory board to guide prioritize and implementing new practices attract evaluated and enforced pesticide use uh, plans include improvements in data collection and tracking of pesticides in the air and water, increasing enforcement actions against repeat offenders, and introducing policies to regulate pesticide sales. Uh, increased engagement, collaboration, and transparency with residents in agricultural areas. Plans include more outreach, outreach events, providing resources in multiple languages, and launching a statewide pesticide notification system. Mm. Increased collaboration with local, state, tribal, and federal agencies. Deadlines have not been set for any of the goals in the draft plan. Um, it goes on. More input on the draft plan. People are, are weighing in on it. Some people hate it. Some people are in favor of it. Blah, blah, blah. If you want to get involved, here's how you can too. Uh, thank you. Um, uh, thank you for uh, you, UC Santa, Santa Cruz here for uh, uh, getting out ahead of this. I'm not going to lie, guys. It sounds like a whole bunch of noise without a whole lot of end goal uh, uh, brains as far as like how they want all this to work out, right? It's like, it sounds like we got a ex- lot of buzzwords. Ex- We're going to densify these buzzwords. Yeah, and yeah. and then make, we're going to set something really wild like 2050. <laughs> well, and... You know what my question always is in cases like this? Who the hell came first? The farms or the people living there? 
You know, that's always my question. Because California, watch out, because I've seen this kind of activism play out right here in Hawaii. And guess what happened when this activism won over? Agriculture went aloha. Mm. And <laughs> guys, seriously, I don't think Disneyland and SeaWorld pull in enough money to support the entire state. So these people had better be careful about what they wish for. Well, especially in California. I mean, agriculture is a yeah. massive industry in the state, right? And uh, mm-hmm. I, I think there's some interesting things in here, some little nuggets first, you know, on a micro level. You know, they talked about uh, resistant varieties, you know, in this this basically ecosystem management, right? But that's that pie in the sky, GMOs? right? Yeah, that means GMOs, but Are these then... people going to be okay with that? No, probably not. I... But then anytime I hear about resistant varieties, you know, to date, there has never been a quote-unquote resistant variety that has been completely effective. It has only been a partial success. And the other factor when dealing with crops is that you have multiple pest issues and pest pressures. Just because mm-hmm. you address one pest, that doesn't mean that you're all good from planting time until harvest. And you know what would be really educational for these people? Is if all of them were to go ahead and try and grow out a 500 or a thousand square foot vegetable garden from beginning to end. See what they deal with. See what happens. I mean, that I just would. I, I, go ahead. <laughs> you know, I think that would kind of make them a little more, you know, give them a perspective. Because yeah. right now, yeah, right now academia the perspective and is... perspective. Are you kidding? That's that is that is the antithesis of what of what academia produces is perspective. <laughs> I'll die on this. Hill, I know. By the way, I know. Clearly, I'll die on this hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm mean, dying, perspective. No, no. Perspective is something that you're right, Matt. They have no perspective and. I you know I I have a interesting anecdote about these people in academia. One of my friends in the nursery business told me about an intern that she hired. Okay? And this intern proceeded to tell her about how his experiment failed. And you, the reason why his experiment failed is because he failed to provide water to his test subjects. 
So you see, sounds like communist China forgetting to provide food to their to their population. I think the same yeah, happened well, in Russia. Well, the the the, the same Oops. issue is is that academia tends to develop what I call tunnel vision. They only see one thing out of a very large picture. And these days, that one thing is not focused on enhancing or improving production. Uh, their, their objective is this lofty goal of eliminating pesticides. Yeah, I mean, and that's obviously what's happening here. They're going to make a bunch of noise until someone who's an actual mover and shaker can come in and get that accomplished. What were you going to say, Ryan? <laughs> no, I was. All I was going to say was that you know this this kind of mimics a little bit of what's going on in Europe, right? That we've talked about on this show previously, mm -hmm. and sort of the back and forth, but there's no real clear vision or goal of how to get there and things like that. Mm -hmm. And obviously, they're a little further down down the path there in Europe. But I also think too that this is a litmus test for you know some of the things that might take place at a national level um depending on things how things go in the future right so i think this approach or something similar is where we're headed and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out at least at a state level especially in a state like california uh Next, we have Nutrient misses quarterly profit estimates uh, by, oh. by a lot. Uh, oh. Well, oh. hang on, hang on. I'm, there's, there's two sides of every coin. Everybody can point at Nutrient and say they're always the bad guy. But uh, if we recall, um, there was a huge potash shortage because we, uh, we placed sanctions on Belarus and, and Russia, who are two major potash producers. And meanwhile, at the same time, Nutrient was then called to ramp up production and so they guarantee to allocate x number of millions of dollars i believe it was in a uh, uh it was in the eight figure category that they pledged to put up and uh and actually uh, uh from what i can tell on their on their 8k they actually have started spending that money and then and then the sanctions on belarus and russia were lifted and what happened to potash prices uh, uh nutrients start spending money to uh to ramp up production and well, we're like, ah, fuck it. We'll just send in some vessels from uh, Russia and Belarus. Certainly that won't go towards uh, trying to beat the shit out of Ukraine or whatever weirdness is going on over there. Uh, and, uh, and sure enough, potash prices absolutely plummeted. Uh, so from 633 to 250 a ton. Um, now, uh, it's going to be hard to find potash at 250 a ton because people are holding inventory uh, from much higher than that. But we will see it go. Uh, the crazy thing is, is that potash volume increased significantly, 23% up on sales. However, uh, when your price falls over 50%, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, it's hard to make up that difference there. Uh, so yeah, we can all point at, at nutrient and say, they're the bad guy. Now what, and I was, I was the first to say, yeah, okay. I'll believe it when I see it, when nutrient, uh, spends money to scale up their production and, uh, and sure enough, they, they actually did then. They had a big outage out of uh, out of one of their um, uh, uh, urea plants this uh, this last quarter, and then a second one is going down for a planned maintenance. So they are going to miss their urea forecast by pretty significantly too. So their guidance didn't look too good. And you know, year to date, they're down roughly oh I don't know twenty three percent 
on their uh, on their value on the year. So you know, losing a quarter of fucking uh, of market share there is a, that's a that's always a good feeling, right? But maybe maybe there's more upside to be had. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't bet on it at this point. Put it this way: I'm not going to be buying a bunch of leap calls on uh, on Nutrain right now. Now. Uh, that's also going to play into this next one here where we have uh, Minnesota's burgeoning uh, fertilizer problem. Uh, Minnesota's water supply continues to be ca- contaminated by fertilizer due to lackluster regulations and climate change. We were just talking about the 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 framework for uh, regulations. And then I think we're also seeing this in Russia. Now, let's let's start. Let's see what we can figure out with Minnesota here. Uh, we need to set a goal of decreasing nitrogen contamination in surface water by 45% by 2040. If it follows existing fertilizer regulations, however, we will reduce surface water contamination by just 15%. So they are forecasting the current uh, regulations. We'll only drop it 15%, but we need to get to 40. We need to 3x what we're currently doing, right? Um, so anyway, I I would... I am really, really interested to see what kind of aggressive plans they have for this that does not include restricting nitrogen usage on a big in a big way. Right now, again, the the number one contributor to fertilizer in in water isn't rain that is pushing it; it's erosion. Right, erosion washing <laughs> away soil into it, and. There's some did things that can be done. Cover cropping can do it, but ultimately that affects profitability of the field. Sometimes it's effective, not all the time. That's some of the newer regenerative ag promises that we've been seeing, not checking out to be true 100% of the time. I highly recommend you go read Andrew McGuire over on uh, Twitter or X, whatever it is, at Andrew McGuire, uh, who really dives balls deep into this. He is like the Travis Shaddix of the ag world, right? And uh, one of my all-time absolute favorites to read, sign up for his blog. It's it's just jam-packed with information that people need to know, need to know. And uh, and so you, it's easier to look at something like this and say that's great, that sounds awesome. But um, if we if we if, is it going to lead to another inflationary uh, exercise of of futility? Time's right, up, it's like, over. We can't guarantee it's going to get us there, but we're going to try these things and it's going to drive up the cost of food by, oh, I don't know, 3x, right? Our crop cost is going to go up by 3x um, and uh, and we might we might reduce uh, fertilizer in, in, in groundwater. I mean, do you see do you see the problem there, right? Again, in my opinion, it sounds a whole lot more of like, okay, we got till 2040. We're going to just kind of, huh? Huh? Is there anything that, I, that I'm missing out of here other than, than tillage and cover cropping that is, is going to get us there? Or is it going to be one of the things that we try? We don't get the results that we expect like in every other fucking time we've done this. And then it's going to turn into, well, we're going to limit you to a 200 bushel an acre crop uh, based on, you know, the 100 pounds per acre of nitrogen that you're allowed to apply now. I think that's if you dive in and see where the other side is going from a research aspect, you'll see that limits, bans, things like that are what seems to be the low hanging fruit from a policy initiative standpoint 
and that that's an easy way for uh those others voices on the other side to be placated right well hey if you ban it everything's fine you're not getting to the crux of the issue though right the crux of the issue is educating people i.e farmers nutrient users things like that on how to do it when to do it the four r's right and getting better at that aspect of it and also at the same time trying to you know come up with uh plants that are more efficient at using the amount that they're given so uh Again, any time that you ban something, right? I think in every single case, nobody understands what they're giving up on the other side of that. And that's where we're going to have major, major, major problems downstream. And it won't take long to figure out. Ray will tell you, right, Ray? That's right. That's right. I mean, it's very easy to propose bans, restrictions, Increased oversight, bureaucratic harassment. However, what is the downside? I mean, you know, California prides itself on supplying a lot of agricultural production. Minnesota, my understanding is that a lot of wheat production happens in Minnesota, corn production, soy production. Now, what happens when the parties involved say, hell with this, we're moving production to South America or Africa. Hell with this already, you know? And there's precedent for growers doing that. And you know who loses when that happens? The states where agricultural production has left the people lose because i can tell you right now when agriculture leaves a state in mass it is a sad situation and mahalo yeah mahalo aloha <laughs> as i always like to say and it's not aloha hello it's aloha goodbye <laughs> mm. you, know? Well, you know in this they talk about how you know pr planting perennial grasses or uh uh you know like rye uh perennial, per perennial rye or something will reduce nitrogen runoff by 70 percent. so they have a hundred percent compliance on buffer zones right now that's the other piece of that they're trying to get a hundred percent compliance on again what they're saying the claim is up to 70 percent, right so again look they get a hundred percent compliance on this then what happens, right? They're only projecting right now 15% improvement. They're trying to get to 45, right? And okay, so perennial grasses, this 70% 70, 70 runoff issues is going gonna, is gonna to get them to 45% by, by 2040. What if it doesn't, okay? What if it gets it to 30, but you still need another 50%? 50, 50%? What are they going to do? And you can't tell me, I mean, the, it is so obvious to see where this is going to go. I mean, look, look at Europe. Look at Europe. Look at Norway. Look at Ireland or the Netherlands. Yeah. It all pans out the exact same way. It's like, okay, you keep saying it's as simple as this, but now all of a sudden I have to give up half my, my cattle. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now we're, you, have to, you, have to, you have to give up 50% of your urea purchases or, or anhydrous ammonia purchases. 
it's obvious where this is going. Um, so I, I don't know. I hope, I hope that magically we can figure out something, right? Or, uh, you know, maybe, maybe there is a, a magic drainage system that exists out there that hasn't been, been discovered yet that can be installed for, you know, $10 an acre to, to solve all these woes. And, uh, and then, and then we're good to go. But again, I think it's pretty obvious to see where we're headed with this. Uh, good news there in the headlines, man, it makes me feel real good. Um, this show is brought to you by, you know who it's brought to you by? It's brought to you by us. Gosh, damn it. Uh, just kidding. It's actually <laughs> brought to us by you, uh, by all the listeners out there. Um, again, we are not able to do this without y'all. Uh, and, and that goes for the thirsty Thursdays and especially this show. It is so much of this, uh, that, that allows us to do that. Everything we do, um, a couple of key highlights, right? We had, we had another meetup in Louisville this year and it was, it was unreal. Uh, emotionally, it's unreal. Uh, physically, it's unreal. Spiritually, it's unreal. Um, and I, and every time I, I will say that this is the first time in my life I ever was allowed to feel myself, uh, to allow myself to feel proud. Right. And, uh, and it was such an interesting experience to go in it that way. Uh, to, to, to have a little chip on my shoulder and be, and be proud of every, everything that, you know, this, this, uh, has all the afford, uh, opportunities that have been afforded to us because of this. Uh, and ultimately that's because of y'all. And, uh, and so I want to, I want to say thank you first and foremost. And if you, if you take anything of value of what we talk about and you are of the means, patreon.com forward slash better return, um, everything we make on this, we pour back into it. Um, shout out to our new scholarship winner this year, last year, it was, um, uh, it was Aldo who has made not just one hell of a splash into uh, into into getting his turf credentials. I mean, he's been smoking it with straight A's the entire time, and uh, and absolutely busting his fucking balls at it too. Uh, and then and then this year we got we got the kid, the kid. We got we got Jason coming in and in uh, the breath of fresh air he's bringing because like we heard from Paul Hurst last week, turf managers are a of of the of the next generation or a dying breed right and so there's just going to be this huge generational gap of like dudes in their late 50s to like dudes in their 30s right and it's it's not going from 60s to 50s to 40s to 30s it's a big ass gap and uh and 50 50 i think it's over the next three years 50 percent of the green industry is going to be retired right so there will be a gigantic breadth of of young young breath and and for us to try and have uh some some humor uh, that goes into that and and hopefully some words of wisdom for the younger people that are out there because the weird thing is is that like in a few short years we are going to be the old ones that are active in the industry and the crazy thing is is that um we've got I mean I'm almost 40 Demay is 40 and and Ray is 50 and uh, and then we will be the dinosaurs, and it's fucking weird to think about it that way. But that's how that's how much of a gap uh, that we're we're going to see in this industry. And so, um, if we can pass along the things that we were taught by the actual dinosaurs now that have to have healthy boundaries with the industry, rightfully deserved, um, and uh, and you know pass along with love the things that were physically beat into us. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and pay that forward in a, in a, in a little bit less physical way with a little bit more, um, it, to be a little bit more in tune with the, with the younger generation. And, you know, I think we're able to accomplish that with an online presence. Um, we're glad to be able to do that. So again, all of that comes from you. Uh, we, we raised, I mean, all said and done, it was something like $13,000 for St. Jude this year. I mean, it's a fucking astronomical number that we did. And again, 
That was all because of y'all. That was not something we split. That went 100% to St. Jude. A uh, shout out for Ryan to Ryan for organizing that. Uh, and we did it. We did it as part of the <laughs> Travis Feltner fund uh, because someone that we were actually live on air arguing with um uh demay is is such a a crafty bastard not the beer but an actual uh crafty bastard at at turning a uh at turning a strife into a positive uh he was like you know what let's let's do this in such a way that the the people who need to win actually win right and uh because we are certainly the losers up here and without a doubt travis is also a loser so um, we did, we passed the baton of winning to, uh, the people who deserve it most. And that's, those are the people, uh, both workers and recipients at St. Jude who, who rely on that. And, uh, and man, that to this day, I was, I was just talking to Jay Pink about this on Saturday. Um, and, and he was, you know, he's like, you know, what do, what do you want to do for this next year? And I was like, fucking St. Jude, 100%. I, I get emails every week now, every week I get an email from St. Jude and, uh, and it's funny because prior to, uh, uh, donating money to St. Jude, you always get the non-success stories from St. Jude, right? And now, uh, now that we have donated to St. Jude, uh, I get the the weekly success stories from St. Jude. There's, I don't cry any less. Uh, they're very gut wrenching, very very heartwarming. Uh, but but I forget about that, right? Because I always think, you know, a, a trip to St. Jude is terminal, and uh, and that's that's the end of the road. But for a shit ton of people. That's the beginning of the, that is an opportunity for another chance at life, an actual miraculous second chance at life or third chance or fourth chance at life. Uh, because they, they, they literally brush death so many times while there. And, uh, and the, uh, the magic hands that exist there are able to pull them back. And again, we were able to do that because of everyone that listens to us. And I think that's a testament to the quality of people that are out there. We're just the assholes up here that run our fucking yapper and uh, and y'all are the people who put your money where your mouth is, and uh, and so again, all of this is able to happen because of y'all. We are so very appreciative. And as we wind down to the end of the year here, uh, we'll of course have an end of the year recap where we will highlight uh, not just us being the assholes, but we will also honor the the biggest assholes of assholes uh, because it's funny, uh, because it's absolutely funny. And, uh, and we will do so with the intentions of, uh, for as many people that we make angry, we hope to help as equal uh, many of children that are, uh, that are suffering in an unbearable way and their families that suffered in an unbearable way uh, because we're assholes, we're not scumbags. Um, anyway, there we go with that. Let's, uh, let's check out this week's, <laughs> let's keep it going with this week's Jonah's Turf. <laughs> Joe does know turf to me. Who do we have the pleasure of witnessing their crafty teaching bastard skills of the week? <laughs> well, we're going to dive in here. Uh, you know, we had our live show in Louisville and uh, we, we asked the folks that came, hey, what do you want to hear us talk about a little bit more? And, you know, we don't get too much into uh, pricing per se, or we don't get too much into except for our, like our very, very early shows. If you go back to like, you know, the spring of 2021, we first started doing this. So I thought it might be helpful. Um, you know, as we were talking to Paul 
uh, on the show the other day about the young kids or, you know, people that are just starting out in the industry, regardless of their age and what they should be thinking about and how they should be going about things. So I wanted to highlight a couple things here. One was the program, and we'll break this down here in a second and talk a little bit about it and just try to, you know, kind of go back to our roots of, um, you know, getting started and some of the other, you know, getting started both in the industry, but also getting started with each other and talking through this and some of the differences and similarities we had towards building lawn care programs. And then I also want to share with you some of the comments because uh, some of this shit is reprehensible. It's pretty bad. So, you know, knowing where to go to get advice and not necessarily just going on Facebook and posting as an anonymous member. So I'll read this uh, real quick. Demay, will you send a copy of that and put it in our group chat real quick? Yeah, let me see if I. Oh, here this we is go. what happens when we do, do this, this live. This is, I mean, this yeah. is. A, let me let me see if I can do this here real quick. Don't let anybody Without tell it, us uh, that that we don't. Oh, look! No, at we'll do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> we will do it live. Bill always brings us together. Okay. It never, so it never close. gets old. <laughs> no, it will. Ne- it will never get old. You can't fake that kind of rage. Uh, oh all right, my so God, anonymous number so good. wrote in. This is the turf and uh, ornamental applicators, professional applicators group, Topa. Yeah, on Facebook. Yeah, put a again, no disrespect. Put put, put quotes around professional there. Uh, it's it's something. I'm just They're paid money. I'm a member of this group. Happen. Too. We'll just say that there are some bright okay. people in here. So uh, I see Nate Alleman over here, uh, one of my favorites, actually, one of my he, great friends. He a nasty Nate. He he does come from the top rope here. All right, so he does. Uh, anonymous owner says, "I've been looking at different chemicals and pricing, and I think I have it down to what I want to do. Looking for some mm-hmm. feedback on this. This is for Cool Season Grass, located in the north part of Central Ohio, so pretty close to me." Um, and I'm pretty sure that this gentleman went on here and he uh, posted some other things earlier in the month. Like one, one of them was he called up like true green and like a couple other local people and just have them price different yards and see where he fit. And I don't know that <laughs> I understand I mean, it's that. nice to know it's your competition. I, I get it. But same time, like run your numbers, know your numbers. All right. Yes. You can't so use that to drive down. your price list. You can drive it to help influence like okay if they're there in order for me to sell at that price my cost of goods need to be at x in order for me to sell at y price right so maybe you can make that adjustment but you can't look at it and be like shit how am i gonna make my cost of 200 of of two dollars and 26 cents a thousand profitable when i'm selling it for three dollars a thousand square foot right you can't (laughs) no matter how you do it you can't make it work how does true green do it because they're not applying at two dollars and 26 cents per thousand square feet or not not happening yeah it's completely different buying power completely it's a it's a completely different market right Mm -hmm. so you can't sell on that okay so let's run through this here uh we've got a uh six round program here ladies and gentlemen so for those of you following along by on audio we're looking at a nice little spreadsheet that talks about each round the cost per thousand per each round um which products they're going out with the rates and all that okay so let's dive in here and i'm just going to read these off first and then we can walk back through it okay so round one we've got a 1203 uh with uh 0.37 percent for diamine 
and a 50% regain. And regain for those of you scoring at home, I believe, is uh, isn't that a um, is that a polycoat? Uh, a denitrification inhibitor. It's a DNA. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. stabilized uh, nitrogen. That's going out of four pounds. Okay, mm-hmm. stabilized. Just fifty percent, though. There we go. Just fifty. Just a little tickle, you know. Uh, especially going out in round one. So four pounds. You're going out a half pound here of N, basically. And uh, yeah, kick it in the ass here with some prodiamine. Okay. And now, just just to give you a heads two. up, that works out to nineteen dollars and twenty five cents a bag for that twelve oh three. Okay. All right. I like where your head's at on that. Okay. So then round two, we've got liquid and granular going out. We've got 1800 with 0.125% dimension and uh, 25% all N, which I believe all N is a, another nitrification inhibitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, vessel at 1.5 fluid ounces per thousand. Uh, triclopyr. At 0.2 ounces per thousand square foot. So, uh, 8.8. Oof. So, that's a tickle of freckle beer. And uh, some LV spray enhancer. So, what the hell yeah. is 0.2 in acre? 0.2 times uh, 43.8. 8.8. 9 ounces a thousand? 8.8? Oh my God. That's slow. Don't do that. Even with the don't do that. The, the vessel, yeah, I, I believe, is is three way. So okay, let's keep yeah, going. Let's yeah, keep going. Yeah. Round three. This is all liquid here. So MC forty six zero zero Ultra N. So spraying urea essentially. Uh, if it's less than eighty five, it's noted here in the notes at somewhere between a quarter and a half pound per thousand. Uh, armament, which is a foliar pack product, uh, long chabin carbon, supposed to unlock nutrients, bunch of other stuff. Oh, Microsync, which is basically a micronutrient package, and then grub control, which isn't listed here. I'm assuming that we're spraying merit. Maybe. Whoa. I don't know. Okay. Listed at point three six or, or or thirty six cents per thirty six cents per thousand. I'm sorry. Okay, round four. Same thing with the all liquid pr- approach here. Liquid N forty six zero zero with Ultra N, uh, and then he's going at, at three quarters of a pound per thousand. Um, armament microsync vessel. So again, we're going out with weed control here around four with the three way and the trickle pier at that like eight point eight per ounce per acre rate, and then the LV spray enhancer. Okay. That one's really throwing me for a loop on that one. Uh, okay. Round five. Spraying another three-quarter pound uh, of urea. Three-quarters of a pound of N. Or is, I'm, is he saying three-quarters of a pound of N here? I'm assuming that's what he means. Wow, that's $28 a bag. $28.33. Armament. For the ultra N. Microsync. And then spot spraying his three-way in round five. Is he saying he's putting down three quarters of a pound per thousand of fertilizer or N? It has to be N. N. Otherwise, be N. it works out to $53, $56 a bag. Yeah. I, I mean, that's why you label your units, folks. I'd mark him off. Yeah. I was great yeah. In this task. Surely yeah. he's not paying $56 a bag for that. Lastly, 
and this is advanced turf uh 3404 all mineral three pounds a thousand so a little over a thousand or about a pound uh per thousand here on our uh, so then see that one he lists as fertilizer and not as that's what's screwing me up and the top one he lives lists as fertilizer top two mm-hmm. maybe he is paying 53 yeah, so bucks that is that is 19 man you'd no way you think so that one's 1950 a bag All quick release. I don't know. All right. So if if anyone buys from ATS, here. call and get a price for us on a 4600 Ultra N, please. MC Ultra N, 4600. Get us a price. I'll work on that for you tomorrow. Okay. okay. So where are we at? Let's, let's start with the pre-emergent game here, gentlemen. Where are we at on the pre-emergent of mixing and matching dimension per diamine right out of the gate and essentially no. going Why? full rate. No, no, I, no, no. Done. End no. of story. Done. No. You I, no. I've bitched about this. I don't know how many times it drives me nuts. This is my biggest pet peeve in the entire world. Stop doing pro diamine followed by dimension. I, I don't care what logic you want to apply to do it. I get it. You can logically make sense of it, but they do not compound. They they, they, they are not synergistic in that way. Uh, Prodiamine plus dimension does not, it is is not an equal additive. It doesn't work. Either run prodiamine followed by prodiamine or dimension followed by dimension. They're not combos in that way. And furthermore, you know when you apply dimension as your second round? You're literally inviting crabgrass and goosegrass breakthrough later in your season because dimension doesn't last as long, and you only put down half the prodiamine that you need to actually prevent that. So, and also, points. dimension is exp- Yeah, dim- dimension is expensive, and so the only time I would apply dimension is if I had to pick up or catch early season crabgrass that has already emerged, but when I'm doing that, I'm spraying my dimension. I'm not ordering it on top of fertilizer. So this is just, uh, how shall I say, $1.76 too much. He should have just thrown down another another round of of, of spritamine. Yeah. If you pick up a customer, a new customer, and it's round two, mm. right? And they mm-hmm. did not get a round one. They had no previous application of prodiamine. 100%. High rate, yeah. high rate of sprayed dimension Sp- makes sense in that situation as a catch me up, right? But again, yeah. not <laughs> as a, yeah. a start with prodiamine followed by dimension. That It sounds good, but there's enough efficacy data out there to show they do not, they're not synergistic in that way. It ain't doing it for you. Yeah. Because, right, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Keep on going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Keep on well, going uh, because, uh, I, I, now let's look I, at the, I also got to add, uh, post emergent broadleaf control. Go ahead and ask your question, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I also have questions about that ultra low rate 
of triclopyr because usually when I do triclopyr, yes. I'm putting down minimum 16 ounces of the triclopyr 4E per acre, minimum. Yes. And if I have a problem like, say, clover, I'm throwing in the full 32 ounce with whatever 2,4-D based herbicide I'm applying. I'm not going quarter rate, you know, not for that. I mean, you're, you're asking for weeds. <laughs> Who came up with 100% that agree with eight you. ounces an acre? We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute here. We haven't even got to the comments yet, and they're oh, spicy. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm off on uh, that. The, uh, the armament and microsync thing, Take it or leave it. It's, it's that's a secret it's, sauce. It's, it's I'm not going to judge approach. him on it. It's what he wants. Whatever, right. whatever. The only thing that yeah, concerns whatever. me about the Ultra N, the sprayable N, is he's using LV spray enhancer. And LV spray enhancer is a is a product that's formulated by Precision Labs that's meant to be used in ride-on sprayers that are spraying at like you know a quarter to a half a gallon per thousand, right? As a carrier volume. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, what if I told you? quarter to a half an hour or half a gallon carrier volume and i'm putting out legitimately three quarters of a pound of n with urea how would you feel about that uh i would feel like you have a 99.9999999 cent chance of uh of tip burn or worse okay actually yeah, uh like i'm tip, looking tip i'm burn, looking like at that, cauterizing at that... your piss hole with a hot, red hot poker like that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at I'm looking yes. at the round for tank nicks and this is begging to scorch the heck out of the grass. You know, this is looking to really scorch the grass because uh you know how I feel about surfactants and liquid nitrogen, yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know how I feel about that. I mean, because, and especially when... Well, then I'm add pushing... Vessel and Tricopier on top of it, and Armament Ooh. and MicroSync, which, if I recall, is MicroSync a, uh, a amino acid base? I think so. Uh, I think it's an amino acid... Uh, no, MicroSync. MicroSync. Yeah, what... Yeah. Does it, does it contain micro- uh, amino acids? Yes, it does. Uh, it is. It does contain amino acids. Again, from experience here, you 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 start mixing in with amino acids and amino acids with with herbicides. Some some shit can start happening, man. I'm telling you, some shit can start happening. <laughs> then you add your LV spray enhancer on top of it. This guy is cruising for a bruising that he didn't vie for. All right. He's not Let's planning on this, comments. is he? <laughs> well, okay. So, Corey wants to know, why hardly any potassium and no phosphorus? You should be putting down two pounds of potassium a year and one pound of phosphorus. I'd include lime unless you're in a region that's not naturally acidic. Central Ohio is not naturally acidic. It's naturally alkaline. Um, yeah. Thanks, Corey. Anonymous member says, from what I've been told, I found lime is generally not needed. And he says that the oh, armament God. is nine percent potash, which it is. It's, it's, oh, it's armament that we're applying based. at. It's not, but at, at, at point two ounces per uh, thousand. Two ounces. Two ounces. Yep. Per yep. 
Oh, so okay. anyway. A snort of potash. That is so little potash. I, I don't even think you can log that as as contributing to a fucking it- potash application. Wow. <laughs> let, me, let me let me look this up. As a matter of fact, let's let's do math. <laughs> I can make that claim, right? But if I'm if I'm gonna make that claim, I might as well back it up with actual valid data. Uh, let's yeah. let's look it up here. Okay. Armament concentrate is nine percent it weighs uh uh 10.59 pounds per gallon okay 10.59 uh times 0.09 is uh that is a pound of uh of of potassium per gallon right uh so that would mean there are what 64 uh doses at two ounces so that is 0.015 pounds of potash going down with each application point zero one five pounds point zero one pounds of potash and we're doing that how many times three apps for the year four ounces i mean four apps so we're doing point zero four five pounds of potash for the year those are those that is a real mathematical figure there in the form of potassium acetate Mm-hmm. The same, lovely mm-hmm. get <laughs> the soil. So, anyway, yeah. um, there's some discussion here about Central Ohio. Some somebody else jumps in here and talks about uh, the 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 original poster says, uh, "I just found out that when doing liquid, you mix the uh, urea in different amounts to get the nitrogen level lower." What? Probably a good time no to way, pump the man. brakes here. No way, dude. Yeah. So what? No yeah. way. It's pretty. And, and look, I, I'm I'm not knocking this guy for not including potash in his program. He he may not, he may not need it. Okay. And that and that's fine. Not saying he needs to include it, but the guy just learned that you can have different dilution ratios of urea when dissolved in water. Guys, <laughs> guys, that is oh not my. okay. Oh my! <laughs> Nate, nasty Nate is answering a shoe. P Diddy is answering a shoe, asking who this. <laughs> yeah, not good, gentlemen. That's where I'm going to leave this year. Those turf is because um, what I'm saying is uh, there's a better way to building programs. I actually, I think I linked our show on the six app program with Lushy and, and told him to go look at that first. Not that we're the end all be all, but we've got a good, a good start as far as that goes. So I'll leave oh, it there. Man. But uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> hey, anonymous guy, if you want to come on and even remain anonymous, we will protect your anonymity. Swear to Christ. And we will help you however we can. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, but if you were at the position that you just learned that there is a, a different uh, concentration that you could apply urea based on how you dilute it and what, how you the rate you you dissolve in water, man, we can start at the most basic of levels here. with here. real simple seventh grade <laughs> algebraic math and and help you understand that and and actually be able to visualize what that looks like and what that does, and at least help you help you get that out of the way 
because and I and I say this with love, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I really do mean this in a loving way. As you sit right now, you are way more of a danger than you are as an asset as a business owner. You are a legitimate danger to the industry. And you don't have to be. And we will legitimately help you at no cost. Nothing. For the for the for the good of the industry, we will do that for you. Um, please, God, man, please. If anybody knows who that dude is, link him when this episode goes live and tell him to reach out to us because we can't, I, I can't let that just go to the yeah. wayside at all. That is no, no, good. no, 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 bad. My this is God, very man. bad. <laughs> and then maybe we can get Ben Potts on to uh, talk about some of the claims he made on armament there. I'd love to see that as well, too. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, thanks. Thanks for that, Demay. Uh, I'm not going to sleep tonight, so uh, we might as well just cover it this week's Burns. Fire! Fire, it is. Oh, have mercy. Mm. Uh, coming right out of the gates here, guess what we found in, uh, in Connecticut? Oh boy, oh boy, had him a little clandestine psilocybin mushroom growing operation in a private home in Burlington out of Connecticut. Uh, growing about eight and a half million pounds of shrooms. We typically don't talk too much about drugs on this. However, uh, he is growing uh, fungi. And uh, as we all know, everybody gets a little weirded out when fungus is among us. And, uh, but I think what's more impressive is the picture of just how many mushrooms this guy had growing in his house. I kid you not. I have never in my life seen anything at this scale done by, I'm sure, some long-haired 24-year-old hippie kid. My God. I mean, this (laughs) is a legitimate vertical farm he had going here. And the fact that he was able to maintain the kind of sterility it takes to produce mushrooms at this scale is at <laughs> goodness. Oh man, right. this lo- guy is a wizard. He is an absolute long-haired wizard. stoner kid. You are right, yeah. Matt. Long-haired stoner kid. God Jesus almighty, Christ. boy! <laughs> Look at the equipment he's got in there. I am, I am so impressed. I'll tell Jeez. you, though, the sad thing about this, and this this absolutely chaps my ass, is that you know some prosecutor out there is going to want to give this kid life for clearly being able to do something that 99.9% of the population could not achieve, even if they knew how to do it. If they didn't give a shit about the law and were, were able to do that, they couldn't do that. This kid is clearly skilled as hell. I mean, out of control skill. And here he is. He, I'm, I have no idea what he's facing, but I'm, you know there's some prosecutor that just wants to absolutely hammer him for it. And I, I could not. A 21-year-old dude? A 21-year-old dude? Lord have mercy. God <laughs> almighty. Oh, man. Oh, I hope wow. they do not ruin this kid's life. Get get him out we of jail, will. Monterey Mushroom. Call this kid and have him take over your operation. This guy is a wizard. He does not deserve to be in jail. He needs to be in a private business, in a modern mushroom growing factory. And I guarantee you, he could increase your output by ten x. 
is growing that much out of a fucking house? This guy is nuts. He is nuts. He probably supplies 90% of the United States with his output there. This guy is incredible. That's right. He should call you, Jesse. I'm, I know I would. I don't I have say, is Jesse, the skills is Jesse that this admitted, kid did. Is he, is he, in the, he does Fed. Oh, this is going oh, Fed, baby. Up? And he is a Fed Fed criminal defense attorney. Man, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm impressed. That's why I had to throw it in there. Uh, and I, I sure as shit hope that kid... You, Hey, like, like, all right, you, you committed a crime, but man, seriously, give that kid a slap on the wrist and some, some grower out there, get this guy on payroll and, uh, and learn something from him. Cause I guarantee you, if you put his brain into good use, uh, he will make you a shit ton of money in the, uh, in the private sector. Uh, horrible in Ohio, man, nearly drowns in a freak lawn mowing accident and is now in critical condition. He was flown to the hospital after a lawnmower he was riding, flipped into a pond, trapping him underneath. Gentlemen, keep your fucking roll bars up if you mow professionally. This is a true story. I was mowing a surround in a Toro Sidewinder and being lazy and sliding my deck down towards the pond and it's five o'clock in the morning, five thirty in the morning, and my rear because those things have you know it's the three wheeler right, and my rear wheel slid into the pond, and when it did, and I was trying to get myself out, it rolled. And if I did not, this is this Toro Sidewinder has a steering wheel, right? It's not it's not you know zero turn turn arm bars. It has a steering wheel, and it it rides up in the air. And man, when I was on my back in the water, and I'm looking at the angle of this, and thank Christ for the the roll bar because that steering wheel would have pinned me in about 12 inches of water and drowned my ass 100 and and here this guy got trapped got trapped he may not have had a roll bar but let this be your lesson i know they're annoying i know they hit tree branches when you go underneath them but for christ's sake man they are there to save your life Use it. Do not die like this. Please, God, do not die like this. I hope this guy recovers sooner than later. Oh, man, it makes me sick to my stomach. Uh, the Poor last point. one here. Well, we, we, talked, we talked about Nutrien. We might as well get Mosaic in here, too, right? Uh, Mosaic, <laughs> New Wales Gypstack Fertilizer Company suffered a liner tear uh could be the latest of several incidents in recent years at mosaic's polk county plant uh there's another possible tear in the liner beneath a pile of mosaic's mildly radioactive phosphate waste at its plant <laughs> mildly radioactive and it's got a little rate on it if i recall correctly uh if confirmed it would mark at least the third problem since 2016 at the company's phosphate fertilizer manufacturing facility in polk county uh, data from Mosaic's New Wales facility showed a change in water pressure at its active south gypsum stack, a sign there may be a tear in the lining, which could result in the indeterminate volume of processed water released in the environment. Uh, when a liner tears, water can mix with the phosphate waste called phosphogypsum and seep into groundwater underneath the gyp stack. Uh, that can cause caverns or sinkholes to open up beneath the tear. Uh, rainfall and processed water is usually stored in ponds on top of active gypsum stacks. Uh, state environment regulators told the Tampa Bay Times there's no processed water above the area of this tear of this possible tear. If a tear is confirmed, 
It's located in an area where a recovery well could capture and contain any release to prevent it from polluting into the underground. Even with no process water above the phosphogypsum, pollutants could still be released from below, environmental advocates fear. Uh, still, an inspection report from Saturday shows a possible tear was deemed by the company a critical condition event, which means it is a written report of the problem and the company's plan to fix it. it needs to be submitted to the state within a week. Mosaic intends to begin drilling to investigate this week, according to the incident report. Uh, the development is just one of many at this same facility. There was a sinkhole stretching 152 feet that opened beneath the new Wales Gyps Act, resulting in 215 million gallons of contaminated water draining into the aquifer below. It also wouldn't be the first time that a protective liner was torn. I'd acknowledge the liner tear resulted in a 300-foot cavity at the Gyps stack recently as March of last year. Uh, the confirmation wasn't made public by the state or the company until months after the incident. Uh, the liner tear last year was in the eastern section of the Gyps stack. This potential tear is in the northwest part, according to the state environment regulators. Um, anyway, there's been a history of failures of this. It freaks everybody out. Everybody's, uh, you know, Mosaic says we're, uh, we care about transparency. And, uh, I guess, I guess now they do not then, but now we do, we learned our lesson. Then now we care about transparency, man. Um, I, I don't know enough about this, but what I do know is that there is a concerted effort right now to repurpose and they're studying, uh, really well. Uh, uh, how to repurpose uh, the phosphogypsum into roads, right? So they would uh, homogenize it with a tar and uh, and pave it into roads. And once uh, uh, cross-linked with tar, uh, it actually stabilizes what I believe is radioactive radon and uh, and will keep it from becoming a problem uh, because the tar actually holds it in place very, very effectively because uh, radon mainly exists as, uh, as the old, uh, wh- what are those free floaters called, Ray? Why has radon moved from lower ground to higher ground so well? It's because radon is a gas, and radon yeah. is the gas emitted by small amounts of radium. However, you know, if you do have these radionuclide-type materials, the safest thing to do with them is not to leave them in loose piles where they can become dust or leach into groundwater. And uh, this is why I'm not hopping up and down and saying, don't mix this with asphalt and turn it into road, because I know quite well that, you know, when it is stabilized with that asphalt, then at least you know where it's at. And it's in a form that is less likely to move versus having it in piles all over the state of Florida like this. Because this is a got to do something about it. Yeah. And I don't understand why continue to use the liners. Like, okay, if you're seeing repeated failures, uh, there's probably no reevaluate. There's probably, you know, there's probably no real other way to deal with it and this is why i think it's a bad idea to make this mosaic company stockpile and store this material without anywhere for it to go i think it's bad when i think (laughs) of liners uh i don't think of sun as being good and there's nothing that florida runs low on in the sun department you know i don't know what do i know i'm just a redneck in tennessee let's check out this week's returns La, 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 la,
We have a wonderful article here of questions you need to ask your lawn maintenance company by Emily Camerlore. Uh, just in case, let's check her out and see what her credentials are. She has a degree uh, in English and classics from Mount Hoyke College, a, li a liberal arts education that enables her to research deeply and write about a variety of uh, topics. Her expertise is in first-time home buying, mortgage options, and DIY home maintenance. Well, she's crafted a finely written article by ChatGPT here that reads, uh, asking the right questions is essential when working with a lawn maintenance company. Doing so helps you avoid scams, keep your yard healthy, stay happy with the service you receive. But knowing what to ask can be tricky. You need to ask about licenses, insurance, references, and the company's history to make sure the people you're doing business with are actually legitimate people. You can weed out scammers this way if you didn't know. Number one, how long have you been in business? You might prefer to work with someone with plenty of experience. You also might prefer to work with a neighborhood kid. But it's important that you get this understood early. Are you licensed insured for a lawn maintenance service? Can you provide any references? Do you provide organic or environmentally friendly lawn care options? <laughs> Are your basic services on a one-time, monthly, or yearly contract basis? Can you handle pest and weed control as part of your services? Uh, if you're currently experiencing the latter and would like to add more services, speak to our lawn company about what options are available. They may have a larger skill set uh, available to you for a small increase in cost. Proper yard care takes a lot of planning. So no, okay, just curious what that would say. How do you prefer to be paid? What types of grass and plants are you experiencing maintaining? How do you communicate with clients? What do I do if I have a complaint? What's your policy on rescheduling or canceling appointments due to weather conditions? Can you provide a written estimate or contract outlining the scope of services, costs, and terms? How do you handle unexpected issues like drought or lawn disease? And, uh, yeah, the, that's it. Um, man, that's, I learned a lot in this. This is pretty... Uh, <laughs> I can't hear you, Demay. I think you're muted. I can't, I can't hear you. I think, I think, oh, wait, try it again. Can you hear me now? Huh? Oh, yeah. Maybe? Yes. No? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I gotcha. What would, your, what would your top two or three questions be? What would you instruct, you know, your neighbors, your aunt, somebody like that? Hey, ask these fucking dipshits these two or three questions. See if they're legit or not. Do you smoke meth? Do you use meth? Would be my number one question. Okay, that would be uh, that would be my question as well. And then here are you a my... master gardener? How much is are you a okay. licensed pesticide applicator? Okay, and I've and I've got an interesting one that weeds out the flakes. How do you get paid? Do you know why that weeds out the flakes? Mm -hmm. Because How? the flakes want to be paid in cash. Uh, okay. I don't know, man. I'm not... seeing homeless people take fucking Venmo now. It's a, it's 2023 is weird. Uh, the whole, the whole, uh, sorry, I have cash is now like, well, I got Venmo or I got cash app. I'm like, oh, God, man. It's, it's, it's got weird. Yeah. Don't you still, still have a 3G phone? I'm not telling you that stuff, man. Can, I, can you tell me what your Venmo handle is in T9 Word? Morse code. I don't trust the airwaves. 
<laughs> I don't know. I just think that that's something that uh, what, what would do. you ask? I, I've said that before. What would you ask? Uh, the licensed applicator thing. Who who is going to be applying this material to my lawn? Is it a licensed applicator or somebody that's working under somebody else's license? Um, and I don't know. I think it's 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 something Man, I, it's I, when I read question. this article. It is it is a tough question. I think we should dive deeper into this at some future juncture this winter. Just to help Jacob out, you know, said, that'd be a good I'd ask to... who they follow on YouTube. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that Christ. may be oh. the most qualifying question that, 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 that you might can be the ask best question of all times. Oh, <laughs> no, Lord. No, so so Jago, Jago teaches, right? So Jago, we need Jago to develop a uh, rubric so that we can grade their list. So Jago, please work on that. And uh, hey, let us know our, what, what's a passing score? Our producer, our producer, here's here's the JP for the win. He asks them, were they ever featured on Joe Knows Turf? Two great qualifiers there. Who do you follow on YouTube? <laughs> and that, have you ever been featured on Joe Knows Turf? Or Bono's <laughs> Turf, either or. Both of us are just qualifiers immediately. Well, we it's really should dive into that. I mean, because it's, I don't know why that's hard for me to answer, but it is. I will say this is that I don't think there's a whole lot of questions that I'm going to trust the answer I get. And so I'm going to do a significant amount of due diligence before I let anyone onto my fucking property. Now, I will say this is that I am way, I grew up in Memphis. I've been shot before. I have, I am, my level of hypervigilance and paranoia is not on par with the rest of humanity. I will, I will gladly admit that. That being said, is that whatever anyone tells me, if I in, invite them to, to bid on doing something to my property, I am going to <laughs> scrutinize them in the worst of ways. I will know all of their previous marriages. I will know several of their girlfriends that they've had in their life, where they live, how long they live there, how long they've been on time with payments at their previous property. A lot of random ass shit, you know? I want to know what drugs they experimented with between the time they were 18 and 25. It's just, you know, it's just what I want to know. And it's not to say that it'll disqualify them. It's just I need to know these things to build the entirety of the picture. So to to narrow that down into three questions will be difficult, but I actually think it's a pretty good exercise of futility of just being a better human being in general. <laughs> Thank you for that, Demay. Uh, what? sorry, no, sorry. Uh, uh, University of Michigan is not. Oh, oh man, I had a joke, and I once I saw it was raising in lawn care. I am not. I'm not going to make that joke anymore. Um, there's some strange shit going on in Michigan right now. That is for sure. Always <laughs> strange shit. Uh, hard work certainly has paid off for two West Michigan fifth graders who took on the 50 yard challenge. Curtis Lyon Welch and Aston Lyon Welch accepted the challenge by raising men and women lawn care services in April, aiming to mow 50 yards for free for the next five months. The Coldwater Boys mowed lawns for seniors, people with disabilities, veterans, and single parents around Branch County, according to Kristen Leon Welch. On Wednesday, raising men and women lawn care services congratulated the duo for reaching their goal, presenting the boys with certificates, two new fucking lawnmowers, two new weed whips, weed whips. In two blowers, Lion Welch told News Channel 3, I screwed up this segment with putting an F word in it. Can you can you post J-Pink? Just go and throw a beep in there. 
All right, we got it. <laughs> uh, raising men and women lawn care services at 513C, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and they do the 50-yard challenge, and that's where they invite people in to, uh, to get out there and mow 50 yards for free, to pay it forward. Um, where, where, where's Rodney's name? I don't see it. It should be in there. Rodney Smith. How are they not going to put Rodney Smith's name in this? Yeah, I just did a control F on it. There is no Rodney Smith. That's frustrating. That is absolutely frustrating. Rodney Smith absolutely just made this a phenomena of good, right? And if there's anything that we need in 2023 and especially moving forward, it's fucking good. We need a lot of good. And this guy deserves every bit of the credit and good that can be returned to him for having, one, the boss to do this, but also just the selfless nature of being able to turn this into something that it has become. Imagine how shitty that is. Hustling flights all across the country to go mow something for free. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just that sucks, man. That is hard as shit. And he did it. And is still doing it. And is still working his ass off to make this a reality. And the number of kids that are out there working their ass off that are helping bring more good into the world. That certainly, if there, I, no one will argue with me that the one thing we need in the world right now is more good. No one will argue with me on that. Right? No. Right? <laughs> Okay. No. Just I was making sure. I'm like, am I overlooking something that we really need? <laughs> Sheila's not the answer. Certainly, it's good, right? No. no. Anyway, <laughs> I'm a little disappointed that it mentioned Rodney Smith in this because he's a fucking badass and and uh, and deserves. Um, <laughs> he does all the credit and the He deserves all the credit. There will be someone out there that will be like, actually, what the world needs is more economic <laughs> opportunity for everyone involved. A quality of outcome is more important than a quality of opportunity. Um, anyway, I digress. Okay, we, we're going to wrap up this episode. We're going to go let uh, our fine patrons pick uh, the, the name of this week's episode. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. If you're of the means, patreon.com forward slash better return. I understand shit's expensive. And, uh, and if you can't, no harm, no foul. You're not going to hurt our feelings. But if you can, we'd, we'd welcome you aboard. And uh, I promise we will put all of that to good use. So thank you so much, everybody. We will catch you all on Thursday.